Welcome to Precon Geeks, the podcast where precon folks geek out on all things pre-construction. Every week, we'll talk about trends impacting the construction industry and emerging tech. You can also tune in to hear exclusive interviews with industry experts. Excited to hear more? Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts now and visit www.beck-technology.com. Welcome to Precon Geeks, your home for all things Precon. I am your host, John Reich, and I am joined today by our guest, Tamara Altum from Benchmark uh, General Contractors. How are you doing today, Tamara? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, so it's it's nice to nice to have you on. Um, just so everyone knows, Benchmark is a GC based out of uh, Pennsylvania, I believe. Uh, but Tamara is actually a local Texas native local in uh, down here in Tyler. So uh, it's very exciting to get another, a fellow Texan on the, the podcast with us. We always have people from all over the country and uh, it's nice to have someone that's you know close to home. So well, I'm very glad to be here today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, so yeah, so we, we brought you on specifically because you know, you've had some conversations with us and with Suzanne uh, specifically around pre-con's role in the customer experience and uh, really how pre-con is that first impression for you as a as a contractor when you start dealing with customers because we're kind of the first the first people who deal with it. So can you talk a little bit about your thoughts around that and then we can get into a little discussion about what the key points are? Um, sure. Um, it's funny that you say the customer experience because I was just reading an article the other day. I want to say it was Forbes. Don't quote me on that. But it was talking about the client experience and a quote that a client's experience will shape how they talk about a project, which is so important. We all know the 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 old saying about how fast bad news travels versus good news, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. So one of the main roles, like I think in pre-construction is you really are in charge of the client's experience from beginning to end. Um, Another one of my um, co-workers describes it as the seller doer, like you're really the one out there. You're the first impression you're selling. In our case, we're selling benchmark to this client every step of the way from the beginning. And then you also don't leave at that point. Once it turns over, you remain there to see that through the excuse me, through to the end. You don't right. just leave at that point. Yeah, I think the most successful relationships you have with a client, there's never a full stop in your involvement. Yeah, I mean, you might, you know, come to the front at the time that it's your turn to lead the project, but you might recede in the background a little bit whenever it's, you know, you hand it off to someone else to be the lead. But you should always be there and you're always a voice that the the client's going to be relying on to on your expertise to make sure the project goes smoothly. So I really like the point you made about the the uh, the best projects are the ones where the, the experience of the client actually is really good because you right. work on those projects where it's just a slog to get through. And most of the time it's because the relationship that you have with the customer is just not great. And, and that just makes the project so much more painful to live through. Exactly. And when you first, you know, when you first are getting into a project, like there's so much the pre-construction person in charge needs to really focus on like you're an information gatherer. I think it's step one, especially if this is a new client, a new relationship, like step one is 
gathering that hard and soft information that you need, like hard information, things that you can probably Google or ask on the first meeting. What's the size of your, what does your company do? What are your, yeah. you know, your, who are your top competitors? Who is their target audience, the end user? A lot of hard information. And then there's a lot of soft information that's equally, if not more so important, like how are they going to define success of the project? Is it clearly just coming in under budget? What is their main goal here? Um, what are their future goals? Is there things coming down the pipeline? Just knowing those things in advance, their company's mission, beliefs, and even their own person, like in building that relationship, it's learning about their person, their hobbies, their interests, their preferences, getting to know the client in general. How do they like to work? Do they like to get emails constantly? Do they prefer Teams meetings? You know, what are those lines of communication going to look like? And be the best for that owner not just you you have to be very adaptable in that role to how you're going to run things yeah because some clients they want to be in the day-to-day nitty-gritty detail of every mm-hmm. every event that's going on so they want to be involved and copied on everything and then you also have the owner that is i only want to see you once a month i don't want to i don't right. want to talk to any right. other than that you guys just in that month you guys solve the problems and come to me with a, with a resolution of it rather than being active in that problem solving process and i think that's important as a pre-con professional to know what that client wants and and how they're going to deal with you and what what they want you to do whether they want to be fully involved or not and also what's their level of experience in construction and these types of projects because that's also going to gear a lot of your language or the time you might take to explain something you know, we skip over a lot of things we're used to, but, you know, are they understanding that language? You don't want them to have to, you know, ask questions constantly when you know their level. You should be communicating in a way that they're going to understand that. Yeah, and I think that that brings up one of the things that I'm always I, I like to speak on a lot when we talk about pre-con is, yes, pre-construction, you're there, you're, you're a numbers guy, typically, uh, or numbers mm-hmm. girl, typically. You're into the numbers and you're into the budgets and you're into all the details of that. But really, to me, the the key point of pre-con and the key thing that we should be looking at is is we're there to tell a story to the client. And and that needs to be in a language that they can understand as to the project is at the state it's at. That's a fact. There's nothing we can do about that. There's there's it's just we're we're painting them a picture of that. But we need to tell it to them in a way that they can actually internalize and understand what decisions drove it there. And so I think that's really where we need to get better as an industry is to telling that story mm-hmm. of, of what's occurred on the project. Right. And that leads you to being like you're you could also be like an interpreter interpreter for the project, like explaining to them why this detail is not going to work why we need to you know telling that story when there's problems or conflicts or issues like why it needs to be this way and negotiating that whole situation mediating however you want to put that to get everybody back on track to meet the end goal yeah absolutely one of the one of the favorite examples i like to bring up on this and any of my uh, former co-workers that they'll love it because i i used to bring this up every meeting with um, you can just go to something as simple as like a coursing of a of stone or block or brick on a project. 
<laughs> someone will say, oh, I just want the, the outside of the building to be brick. Well, there's hundred different ways you can put that brick on the on the job and, and a bunch of different ways you can lay it out. And they all have different impacts on the speed of the job, on the number of people you're going to need, on how expensive it is. And just saying, well, brick's brick, well, that's not really how that works. Um, so right. you, being able to give that extra bit of information and tell that extra, well, if you have to take time to lay this out and do all this extra work, then that is going to have an impact on your cost. And that might be fine. Like sometimes an owner is fine with spending a little bit extra money or taking a little bit slower on the job. They get the quality and the look that they want. I think being aware that what is the driving factor behind the owner's decisions really can help you in pre-con so you're not putting forward bad ideas or, or not necessarily bad ideas, but an idea that's not going to be in the owner's best interest. Right. And not aligned with their goals at the, in the end, especially sometimes if it's budget. And a lot of times it is, but yeah, not every I mean, some, time. Yeah. Sometimes it's budget. Um, I'd say probably, yeah, at least in my experience, it's always been like 75, 80% of the time it's budget. But sometimes <laughs> in owners, you know, money isn't the thing that they're worried about. They want to make sure the job looks the way that they want mm -hmm. it to look. And uh, it's it's funny seeing pre-con people um, that, you know, the staff I worked with when we had a project that the owner just kept adding and adding and adding things and pre-con was very reluctant to do it. And the owner eventually just had to say, listen, I don't care what the cost is. I want the job I want. You know, you need to get out of the way of this. And so it, it shift. It required a big mind shift on the side of the pre-con people. It right. wasn't we weren't any more uh, budget controllers. We were more just budget trackers. And that's a very different right. mindset. Right. And typically, I feel like pre-con, and it depends on what what stage you come into the project. If you're in a conceptual, yes, you're probably budgeting a little more. There, you may not have an estimating team behind you at right. that phase. You know, as you get into more schematic or or the design stages, where you have a better set of plans and you bring on, you know, more people into the sphere of this job you know, then you kind of transfer into, you know, keeping the team straight, driving the project, um, communicate it, making sure those lines of communication are open and and settled the way that everybody needs them to be, so. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I do have a question for you then. Uh, okay. Why do you think, um, why do you think pre-con as a whole has been slow to adopt this mindset of really focusing on the experience rather than the the hard numbers and the the, the budgets and the spreadsheets. And uh, we're really good at focusing on that. Why do you think there's been this kind of lag in the industry uh, for pre-con focusing on that experience and really turning more in, into a, you know, seller doer type mentality like you talked about earlier? Oh, goodness, that, you know, benchmark is so- Easy question. Yeah, yeah. Benchmark is so forward thinking. So, and that's pretty much been my experience. I'm I'm a pretty loyal benchmark employee, but I would assume, first of all, I think it's changed a lot. I think we, you know, benchmark is more of a construction manager now than a GC, and I think a mm -hmm. lot of companies have rolled into that mindset. I think we're getting involved in projects way sooner than maybe in history. I think there probably was a lot more hard bid situation 
going back years than there is today. A lot, you know, and the end goal of pre-construction, I think what everybody finally woke up to is retention and becoming that trusted advisor so that whatever issue they have, whether it's good news or bad news, you're their phone call. You're their bat signal, if you will. Like, let's ask so-and-so because we trust them. And so the whole process, and you can't gain that trusted advisor with a new client until you performed. It's not going to happen on day one. That's the seller doer all the way to the end. So you have to get to that end goal, have came through shining, and then you that relationship like starts to gain some merit there and the trust begins to grow. So I think that with that retention goal and that mindset, I think that's definitely increased the need for pre-con. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that the shift in mindset in in estimating and pre-con as a whole from the I just am working to win a job to I'm right. working to win a client is has been a key part of that uh building that trusted advisor relationship because I mean a job's great and it's always nice to go get a, a big job and you know win something and say hey this is fantastic but if at the end of it it's a one-off and you never work for that guy again how successful were you really in that project like you might have hit your profit goals you might have finished on time and on budget you might hit everything all the the hard metrics but if the owner doesn't want to work with you again then i mean something failed somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> you're, you're, you're really you're, you're basically back at square one and you're starting over on the next project and right. i really think that we've everyone seems to have gotten the, the mentality now of or became it's becoming more prevalent in the industry that the mentality is I don't want to start on square one on every project. I want to start, you know, five spaces up where I'm, you know, we've already hit that. We've already gone through that uh, storming moment of team formation and we're we're hitting it on all cylinders right off the bat. So couldn't agree with you more on that one. Exactly. And I think um, getting in at that earlier stage is, is better for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's better for the owner because um, they get cost certainty earlier in the project. Mm-hmm. It's better for the, you know, the architect because, you know, if you can anticipate what the architect architect's going to draw before they do it, that always, you know, that's always better than uh, getting caught by surprise. And it's better for the GC because you're not having to compete on on price. Um, and I think yeah. anytime you can get in that mindset of I'm not competing on price, I'm competing on relationship and quality. That's that's mm-hmm. always a win uh, for everyone. So. So do you, I, I did. I do know that uh, you do a lot of healthcare work, right? I mean, that's yes. that. So that that's my background, also. Do you find that the healthcare industry is kind of farther along in this kind of mindset and approach to projects than, say, like core shell office building or warehouse type building? Do you think that's that's played a big factor in what, the way you feel on this pro on with this topic at least? I do. I think in the healthcare industry, and it can differ by client. I think they're on different levels, some on their processes, but with a lot of clients that we've built really strong relationships with, like they like us to be there early. They like our input because not only does it help with budget and we're not having to compete, yes, but it also prevents issues early. Like we can identify there's going to be a problem here and you're you're catching that early. So it's helping the schedule it's help it's saving money even in that aspect because if you get the plans out and you're hard bidding this or even just bidding it at the end 
and then going in and then finding that problem, then you're stopping and you're yeah. solving that problem. So yeah. any of that we can do ahead of time makes the owner's life easier. And that's part of the client experience. Yeah. And especially when you're dealing with um, like a, a new greenfield hospital where, you know, no one's around, like that's that's one type of construction. But so much of the healthcare market is built around renovating and additions on existing campuses right. where, where you have, you know, patients and, you know, no one wants to be the one that causes a patient discomfort when they're in the hospital. That's a that's right. a bad situation already most right. of the time. And so that, I think that's really weighed into it also is that the, the owners want that collaborative approach so that they can make sure that their patient experience at the end of the day is, is the best one that they can provide. Exactly. So. Well, excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Tamara. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to note on this before we close it up for the day? Um, I don't think I have anything else, but I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you for having me on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming. Um, again, uh, so anyone else that would love to, we'd love to have more guests on the podcast. We like to talk to everyone in the industry as much as we can. So if you're interested in coming on, uh, please uh, email us at precongeek at beck-technology.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, backtechnology.com, and uh, check out our blog. Uh, Suzanne does a lot of great work on that blog every week. Uh, you can also visit our community and put some posts in there for topics or anything you want us to talk about on the podcast. So, With that being said, thank you very much for coming on, Tamara, and uh, it's good to talk to you, and we will catch you guys on the next one.